Wow, I did not realize my uh, mic was muted. Good thing that StreamYard gives me that notification. Uh, so what is going on, all you wonderful A-plusters out there? It is I, Stuart, here once again with another review for you. And uh, even though the thumbnail and the title of the video suggests that we're just talking about the very last episode of Season 3 of Superman and Lois, this is really going to be more of a, review, of a review for Superman and Lois Season 3 as a whole. Um, and my overall thoughts on, yeah, just uh, what, what worked about the season, what didn't work, and my overall thoughts so let's start with this episode though of course because um you know boy was this episode kind of uh all over the place uh in some ways that's a great thing and some ways not so much um you know it, it's 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 bizarre too because um this is an episode when you kind of just break down the writing of the episode not the episode itself just the writing this is the most Flash-like episode I think we've had of Superman and Lois in terms of the shortcuts they kind of take. And I'll get a little more into that when I talk about the final bit of the episode. Um, basically, just to give you kind of a warning, it's going to sound at first like I didn't really like this episode, only because there's like a lot of flaws I'm going to be pointing out in mostly the beginning of this episode, um, or mostly in the beginning of my review for this episode, but I will get into the more positive aspects and the reason I thought this uh, finale was really, really cool. So anyways, starting with the most basic thing to talk about that I don't really have much to talk about, which is Jonathan and uh, the coach, uh, you know, because if you remember, uh, Jonathan got the, uh, you know, whole football season, you know, got the team suspended from playing. So they lost their whole season. A lot of people were really pissed at Jonathan for that, uh, you know, because of him being on X kryptonite. So Jonathan is like trying to make it up to the coach and he keeps telling the coach, you know, I'm going to make it up to you, I swear. And the coach is just like, it's not going to happen. And it leads to, you know, uh, Jonathan being pushed around uh, and Jonathan, you know, being pushed around with a smile on his face, basically. And the punchline at the end is it looks like the coach is about to thank him for his hard work, but he just thanks some random person in the audience. Uh, kind of funny, uh, you know, and again, um, I've been saying this a lot when it came to the last few episodes, uh, especially when it came to some of the teen drama aspects. But in this particular case, you could just kind of see this felt like kind of padding for the episode like um, they knew how they wanted to end the episode. They just needed to make sure they had enough uh you know, things to fill the episode up so they could end it the way they did. Uh, and I feel like that was part of it. Um, something I did kind of like in the episode is uh, Kyle and Chrissy are now pregnant and, uh, you know, about to have a kid. Um, I actually really did like this uh, part of the episode. It's good to see that, uh, you know, both Kyle and Lana to extent, as I'll get a little more into her next, uh, are both kind of being able to uh, move on. And uh, I think my favorite thing about this episode is when Kyle breaks this news to uh, Lana and, uh, you know, just the family as a whole. I do like how they were very mature about it and they're they're happy for him that Lana actually wants to, uh, you know, spoil the heck out of his uh, uh, kid when he and Chrissy have uh, have him. And uh, the way the episode ends, um, or not the episode itself ending, but the way uh, their story kind of ends is that uh, Kyle does eventually uh, propose to Chrissy in like a big crowd. And what I thought was kind of interesting is that despite it seeming like Lana had uh, moved on, uh, you know, just like Kyle, there is kind of a weird look of uh, what I kind of interpreted as jealousy. Um, 
And I'm not sure if that was on purpose or maybe it was just, you know, her being surprised and that's all there was to it. But I'm kind of wondering if that kind of goes to, uh, we don't know how Kyle proposed to uh, Lana. And I think it would be hilarious if we had a flashback in the next season uh, that kind of reveals that his proposal to Lana was incredibly lame. And, uh, you know, the fact that he actually had kind of a beautiful proposal to Chrissy in this episode, maybe like that was what that look was about i don't know it'd be funny is all i'm trying to say um not saying that's gonna happen i just think that'd be kind of funny if that's what gets revealed so uh you know uh that i thought that storyline was pretty cute uh we then get to the uh lana and uh john henry irons uh, side of things so basically john henry irons claims that there is an issue with lana's home security so he goes to uh check up on it uh and basically we find out later that this is just kind of used as an excuse to ask her out which is, you know, uh, kind of a sweet uh, moment between the two of them. Uh, they eventually do go out. and uh, But before this happens, though, uh, uh, John Henry Irons is offered a deal by uh, General Lane, basically, to move to Metropolis and work for the DOD. And here we also see that Natalie is kind of interested in going to that DOD Academy uh, that originally she was really pissed, uh, you know, when Sam Lane brought that the idea of it up to her. And she was like really pissed, like, oh, I thought what you wanted to spend time with me, that kind of stuff. Um Anyways, uh, now she actually kind of wants to go specifically because Mateo is apparently attending there, um, which uh, is something I really do hope we get some payoff for in the next season uh, because we never really know whether or not he takes up this deal. We know that it seems very likely that he is. And if that were the case, um, depending on, because I brought this up in Hero Report before, how uh, I do believe that Superman and Lois are going to move to Metropolis for season four. It would be a way where they could, you know, keep John Henry Irons in the show, but not have to worry about paying him as a series regular because, you know, Metropolis is a much bigger city and there are plenty of ways to write excuses for why he's not around uh, when the city is under attack, uh, especially with him having a family in New Orleans. You know, you could, there, there it would just be an easier way to have them still on the show just not as a series regular if that was the uh, direction they wanted to take it that is um but uh we do uh see the two of them get very intimate in the episode which i thought was uh pretty awesome and uh you know i'm curious to see if this uh if if uh, instead they actually end up staying in uh, Smallville and maybe the two of them become a couple or if they try the long distance relationship thing and uh, see how it goes for the two of them. Uh, you know, either way, I, I do I do ship the two of them. I actually do think they would make an incredible couple. Plus, I think Natalie and Sarah's sisters would be just absolutely adorable. So, uh, you know, I, I ship it. Why not? Uh, then, uh, we get to the Clark and Lois part of this. And, uh, speaking of intimacy, we do, uh, finally see the two of them being intimate for the first time in a while, especially, you know, as they kind of brought up, uh, in previous episodes, Lois, like just not really feeling like she would be up for it after her surgery. Uh, but the two of them do have a beautiful, uh, lovemaking scene. And, you know, it's just so funny because normally when it comes to sex scenes, uh, you know, if I'm reviewing a show i don't really bother talking about them because most of the time they just don't add anything and this is just one of those rare times where like i see it on screen and i'm actually kind of tearing up and i'm like wow this is uh incredibly beautiful so you know great job uh you know both writing and directing in that department there um okay so here we get to the most mixed part about the episode for me the part where i think uh, the writing was uh really really bad 
um, if I'm being honest. And it's too bad because what it led to was something really cool. Lex and uh, Bizarro, or should I say Doomsday, first of all, oh my gosh, was I looking forward to seeing uh, how this was all going to uh, go down because, um, you know, we got to see the intimidating side of Lex Luthor, but to be able to control a monster like Doomsday, we needed to see the intelligent side of Lex Luthor. And we did not get that. What we got was the bad writing that, you know, we were supposed to leave what we as an audience were supposed to believe was intelligent Lex Luthor, but it wasn't. This is where the show takes a lot of shortcuts. Um, I mentioned before, it kind of felt like the flash in that sense. Cause I feel like if I saw this exact thing play out in an episode of the flash, I would have zero issue with it, but a Superman and Lois. So I kind of hold the show to a bit more of a standard than your typical uh, CW superhero show. So when um, Lex just kind of finds Bizarro, uh, Bizarro attacks Otis and uh, we think that Otis is dead, but he apparently survives Bizarro. He loses an ear, but uh, he, he's alive so uh, that i um okay whatever um but lex luther shoots bizarro down with a uh kryptonite blaster thingy and uh kills bizarro uh then bizarro comes back and uh lex somehow pieces together right then and there that every time he kills bizarro he comes back a little bit stronger and then he like tells bizarro hey don't you want to you know be indestructible and never have to die and bizarro's just like okay and it just lets lex luther kill him over and over and over and over again until he becomes doomsday um i do like the doomsday aspect how they tie it in with uh bizarro dying over and over because that's kind of like his origin from the comic you know a kryptonian baby uh that was killed over and over by kryptonian scientists until it eventually became doomsday you know i I like that they kept that aspect of it. That was cool. I thought using Bizarro as that vessel for Doomsday was brilliant. But but why? But like Bizarro going along with Lex Luthor's plan, Lex Luthor's plan just working the way. Why does it work that way? Why did it? Why did was Bizarro okay with this? Like it made zero sense. I think partially we didn't really know what the full mental state of Bizarro was. I was under the assumption he was like a brain dead zombie. You know, the only thing he knew how to do uh, was feed. But here we see that he clearly understands what Lex Luthor is proposing to him. And he like starts crying and he's like, but why does he want to be indestructible? You know, why is he okay with Lex Luthor killing him over and over again? You know, I just feel there are so many better ways they could have written this episode. You know, maybe Lex Luthor, uh, you know, shoots him down with the X kryptonite blaster and puts him into an X kryptonite room. So literally he can't, you know, escape or something like that. There's, there's no explanation um, for why, you know, Bizarro just goes along with this and becomes Doomsday. And I think that was the most disappointing aspect of the episode to me. Uh, but I didn't, like I said, it sounds like I'm really hating on the episode. I'm not. I just really think that could have been written so much better. Um, 
anyways, before I get to the best part of the episode, I have to get to one last thing I just personally wasn't a fan of in the episode, and that is that we had more of, you know, the uh, Jordan-Sarah uh, drama between the two of them. Uh, basically, Jordan just still being stubborn, refusing to apologize. Um, and finally, you get Clark Kent calling him out on it, you know, just saying just because your feelings are hurt, it's not an excuse for you to be mean to someone. Uh, so he apologizes to Sarah. The two of them end on neutral ground. And I think as like alone, I thought the scene itself was actually really good. In fact, I actually think um, I actually have no problems with this scene in general. I just, this being in the finale and then this just, you know, reminding me of how long they just milked the drama between the two of them. Uh, that was my issue with it is that it reminded me of all that. And so I feel like this scene should have either the drama should have waited until way later in the uh, season to start, or they should have done this scene way earlier in the season. Just, I feel like they just dragged on the drama. And I think the reason it bothers me so much, um, you know, cause I feel like I look back in my other reviews for the season and I'm talking about like it being inconsistent with the characters. And I think maybe that's not true. Maybe I was just looking for reasons to hate this. Uh, and I think what it really comes down to the real reason I don't like the drama aspects uh, between uh, Sarah and Jordan in this season is because one, it happened all season long. And then two, it kind of sucks because they have great chemistry and yet we see them fighting way more often than we see them as friends. And because of that, it makes me not want them to be friends, um, you know? So a scene like this where they end things on neutral ground, you know, I should be feeling something for that. I should be like, oh no, but like here, I'm just kind of like, good. I wish the season started out that way. Um, you know, when you have characters with good chemistry, but they only argue with each other, it just makes you not care, honestly. Um, and I think with the two of them, because there was just so much conflict between the two of them during season two, and you look back at season one, you know, when Jordan was keeping secrets from her, you know, you realize they've kind of spent way more time, like, you know, as like, I don't want to say like enemies, because obviously it's not like they ever hated each other or anything like that. But it's just, you see them apart way more than you see them together, which sucks. Because again, I think the chemistry between them kind of works. And I'm not saying they had to be a couple, but I just would have at least liked to see them actually work together as friends, you know, at some point during the season. Uh, you know, it just, I don't like seeing friction between them the entire season because it just makes me, again, not care. Uh, so that's what I think it just comes down to. I wish we could have gotten more of them as actual friends before we had drama. Uh, anyways, the best part of the episode, the part that I'm sure all of you guys wanted me to talk about from the beginning because it's the only thing everyone's talking about, that fight between Superman and Doomsday. And yes, I am in agreement with everyone. That fight was epic, amazing, uh, one of the best like action fight scenes I think I've seen in television. Um, and it almost made me forget how dumb it was the process of getting there. Like literally when I first finish this episode before rewatch if i i guarantee you if you were listening to this review of me my first time watching this episode uh you you would you would hear a completely different review uh because it this fight is so cool it made me overlook the bad writing that helped that that got us there to begin with um but a second time on viewing I, I was reminded of the bad writing and you know this time watching the cool fight scene at the end uh wasn't enough to make me forget it this time uh so this fight scene i love it 
I think that, you know, it never looks realistic, but it's never trying to. I do love that they go for animation like fluidity over, uh, you know, realistic textures or anything like that. They just they want it to be fast paced, fun, and they nail it. I think uh, the transitions from, you know, VFX shots to full CG shots, I think the transition is always really well done, really fluid. Um, you know, it never feels like you're going from a scene that's shot in studio uh, to a completely CG scene. You know, it always feels like it's just flowing together perfectly. So, like, you know, not only were the VFX is great, um, but so was the CG, obvious, obviously. And then so was the editing. Like, the editing for that whole fight to make it feel as smooth as it did and not make it feel, like, just inconsistent, like they were constantly going back and forth from one thing to another. It felt like just one beautiful fight scene. Um, you know, kudos to all three of those departments so yeah to vfx uh even cinematography okay the way it was shot you know to fit into those vfx shots beautiful beautiful okay so everything about the fight scene was great is what i'm trying to get across um but yeah it's it's what makes me enjoy the episode but it doesn't it's not good enough unfortunately to make me completely forget about the bad writing that got us there um and like i said i expect this type of thing in something like the flash you just don't really tend to expect this from superman and lois and i think the reason it kind of comes down to um i feel like what kind of happened with the writers now if there is a writer working on the show and you just happen to listen to this review please let me know if i'm correct or incorrect i mean i doubt that'll happen but if it does happen let me know I think what happened though is that they knew there was a good chance they weren't going to get renewed for a fourth season. Uh, but when you look at a lot of the writers' uh, tweets about, you know, the process of working on the season, uh, you know that they were really excited about Lex Luthor. And I think they really wanted to uh, put their stamp on Lex Luthor and they really wanted to put their stamp on doomsday uh they wanted to have a chance to do both those things before the series ended so i think they wrote this uh season finale as a um uh as basically a series finale i think they were expecting this to be the very last episode is what i'm getting at and it would make sense because then they were able to both get across lex luther and get across doomsday so that's what i think they were going for um I'm glad they got renewed so we get to see how this concludes. Although I wouldn't be surprised if the writers were like, oh no, we didn't expect to get renewed. How is Superman going to get out of this? How are we going to, you know, write around the fact that most of the characters aren't returning the next season? Um, you know, I, I'm just curious. You know, I love knowing about some you know behind the scenes uh things so you know i hope hopefully you know if there's a dvd commentary i really hope they kind of go over you know what it was that they were thinking when they were writing this because i'm very curious if that was like their main goals they just really wanted to get lex luther and doomsday across uh before the series ended um but yeah not the best writing but i kind of get it if that's what they were going for so you have heard my thoughts on the episode. I need to get some water and then uh, we will talk about the season as a whole. Should probably mute myself while I drink. That's disgusting. Whew. Okay. Now then. Uh, so we talked about um you know the episode 
Now let's talk about the season because I think there are some thoughts that I had um, that I'm sure have completely changed, uh, you know, since, since I first watched this. So basically I think the easiest way to talk about uh, the season as a whole is to really just talk about uh, the characters. So I'm going to start with, um, I'm just going to go on the list of IMDb. So let's start with uh, Natalie Irons, uh, her overall character. So um, the I did really like that they were able to find a way to have both her and her dad tie in to the Bruno Mannheim storyline. I actually do think that that was really well done. I uh, wish we had a little bit more of uh, her and Sarah because there just were a lot of hints that they were going to be really like close uh, in the beginning of the season. Like they were really going to be buddy, buddy. Uh, but you know, we never really saw too much of them together after like a certain amount of episodes. It kind of felt like, uh, and plus I, and by, by that too, I also mean, I would, would have loved to see them. And then I'll get to this with uh, Jonathan and Jordan too, because I would have loved to have seen more of the, just the four of them doing their own, like, um, superhero stuff i think you know i i get that the show wants to be you know grounded in reality to an extent uh most of the time so maybe that was why they really wanted like the four of them to really focus on the teen drama aspect but there were some cool moments this season uh between her jonathan and sarah uh and jordan of course uh where they're just doing their own superhero stuff like like the whole thing where they're getting uh jonathan's truck back um i really liked that I wish they could have had more of that scene or things like that, you know, that aspect of the show. I wish they could have found ways to fit that into, you know, the latter half of the season and later episodes, uh, you know, have the four of them working together uh, to find Mateo instead of it just being Natalie. Um, and maybe that stuff we would have gotten. But again, if my theory is correct about why they ended the show the way they did, I think, um, I think what might have happened is uh, they just didn't have time to write them into like the overall bigger picture. So uh, I think like just w in terms of uh, in terms of the four of them together, I wish they could have done a little more of the superhero aspect and not just the uh, teen drama aspect. Uh, but yeah, with Natalie overall, I did really like uh, what they did with her character. And I also really like uh, kind of that growing relationship between her and uh, Sam Lane. I, th I uh, it was something I didn't expect, but I thought uh, made a lot of sense and it was uh, pretty cool. Um, I'm very uh, curious if we're going to get her or John Henry Iron in the next season and uh yeah so next character uh again on imdb list so next character is sophia or uh sorry i almost read the actress's name i meant to say chrissy uh so for her this season i think what they gave her to do like it was all just really her just uh exploring her relationship with kyle um i think they got a little a lot more comedic with her which i mean she was always kind of a little bit comedic uh you know from the beginning but now i feel like they really um kind of had they, they they've really uh i guess i'll go with the star trek saying she really grew her beard this season like i feel like they the writers finally kind of really uh understood her character this season uh but yeah i th i think uh her story with kyle was kind of sweet at times um you know it was my favorite like you know most exciting part of the season obviously but you know when it was on i didn't mind it i thought it was cute uh now talking about lana okay so I do have some thoughts. Um, I do like her being a mayor this season. Um, I did like that uh, she did some investigating on some of the uh, other things that the town had been into because of uh, the previous mayor. However, 
I feel like they should have explored that a little bit more because it kind of felt like uh, the mayor had um, was in some way like uh, being paid off by Bruno Mannheim or, you know, it felt like there were some deals going on between the mayor and Bruno Mannheim, uh, especially with, uh, you know, Pia killing the mayor at, at one point. So it's weird that that side of things never really got fully explored. It kind of feels like something that the writers almost forgot about. Um, but I do love uh, seeing her struggle with, you know, basically being a full-time mayor and trying to be a mom and, um, uh, and th this really, this season with her really demonstrated that uh, she may have had too much on her plate and she's not perfect, but she is trying and she's always getting better. Um, there was also that really, uh, that really intense uh, kind of slap moment between her and her daughter, which I thought was, uh, again, a very well-written aspect of, uh, of the season. Uh, but, you know, I do really like uh, seeing her being someone who just constantly wants to improve herself over time. I just wish, again, they gave, gave her more to do in the investigative side of things when it came to some of the uh, things that the previous mayor were do was doing. Uh, yeah. Uh, general Sam Lane this season, I thought was really great. Um, it is really funny because I've been, uh, uh, recently today, I got to introduce, uh, my brothers to the show Superman and Lois as we watched the uh, first episode. And what's kind of funny is I totally forget how in the beginning of the show, uh, general Lane was kind of an asshole a little bit. Um, so I do love seeing him now and how much he has really grown as a person uh, and how he, you know, even when he kind of messes up and says the wrong thing, how he immediately tries to always make things uh, right. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, next character, John Henry Irons. I, uh, loved him this season. He, uh, obviously is like one of my favorite characters on the show and I love his, uh, overall like friendship with Clark Kent. Um, I think, the one disappointment uh, for me was uh, the lack of looking into John Henry irons of that earth. I thought they were going to give him a lot more to do in that area. Um, but it kind of felt like something that they really teased at the end of the previous season, dug into a little bit at the beginning of this season, and then just completely dropped it. Like, like they forgot that John Henry irons had this really important connection with Bruno Mannheim. And that just, you know, never gets brought up. Um, there were implications that he might've been getting blackmailed by Bruno Mannheim or something. But like, again, these implications never got explored more than that, which is too bad. I wish, I wish we could have learned more about, uh, you know, the Superman and Lois earths, uh, John Henry irons is all I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, uh, what they gave him to do the season was uh, very enjoyable. Uh, I did love his struggles of being a dad and having a daughter who's, uh, you know, uh, in love with the son of the enemy. You know, uh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was uh, something that could get really intense at times. Um, I did like seeing him like actually kind of butt heads with both uh Clark Kent and Sam Lane at different times, uh, which, you know, just made sense given their different like angles on, you know, what was going on with uh, Bruno Mannheim. I really enjoyed. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, I really hope we still get him next season because I know he's not going to be a series regular, which really, really sucks. But I really hope the actor comes back and we get at least something with him uh, next season. Uh, like I'm hoping for at least like, cause I know it probably won't be more than three episodes, but I'm hoping like at least half the season we get to see him. Uh, but who knows? We'll have to, uh, wait and see, uh, Sarah Cushing. Um, 
I just really didn't like her this season. Uh, you, I felt for her at times, definitely felt bad for her. And it's not like I didn't like her as a character. I just didn't care. Um, the stories they gave around her were all just, you know, she was just there to create drama. Um, even when it wasn't her fault, the drama writing was just all revolving around her. So every time she was on screen, it was always drama oriented. I think the only times I really liked her this season, uh, when it was just her and her mother, I did think a lot of the moments between the two of them were really sweet. Obviously not the slap moment between them. I think they were both terrible in that moment, obviously. Uh, but I do really like the moments where they try to cheer each other up. Um, sometimes they're not perfect at it, but they both really giving an, an effort. And I love those moments, but everything else, I just really didn't care. Uh, you know, unfortunately next, uh, character is, uh, Kyle, uh, what, what they gave him this season. Uh, for the most part, you know, I thought was just fine. I did like seeing him and Jonathan Kent working together, uh, you know, uh, training Jonathan as a fireman. Uh, and I like, I thought, you know, the stuff with him, uh, hazing him at first, but then treating him with a little, like being a little too nice to him then. And then, you know, finally treating him like normal afterwards. Uh, I thought it was kind of a fun, you know, storyline overall. Uh, but yeah, you know, again, I do really like the stuff with him and Chrissy. Um, and then I think, uh, I did really like the fact that he, uh, eventually pieced it together himself about, uh, you know, Clark Kent being Superman, even though he didn't fully guess it, he definitely, uh, came close. And I, I really liked that aspect felt bad, you know, cause no one likes to be the only person kind of left out. So I did kind of feel bad for him in that, uh, in that area, but you know, I feel like he got over it really fast. Thankfully he had that moment where he was a, a dick to uh, Chrissy, but I, you know, apologized immediately afterwards, thankfully. So, you know, good. You know, I, I, I liked his character this season. Uh, okay. Before I get into, uh, the main, uh, Kent family, we got to of course, talk about Bruno Mannheim as a villain. And of course his spouse, Pia, between the two of them, I thought they were both absolutely brilliant. I love the way Pia was introduced as a fellow, uh, patient with Lois and how it also wasn't even exactly a lie. I do. I love the episode when it was revealed, uh, that they were together and why it was that even Lois Lane wasn't able to figure that out. Um, you either buy it or you don't me personally, I buy it, it made perfect sense to me overall um yes i think that everything when it comes to the writing uh for bruno Mannheim as a character uh was awesome um i liked how even though he was like the villain um i like how we definitely sympathize with him in fact i do think that maybe that was the only misstep with him as a character i feel like um you know we they all, they showed so many likable aspects of him and it was only rare that he actually like kind of acted like a full villain. Um, I feel like the times that he acted like a full villain were, uh, were when he, uh, saw John Henry irons and immediately like, you know, threatened his sister right off the bat rather than trying to just talk to him into telling him to not look into his business or anything like that. Um, so I think that, you know, moments like that. And then, um, man because like what else like everything like a lot of the scenes that we see him in it's like he acts like someone who's constantly under surveillance because he's very careful with his wording and because we see so much of that and uh even when he you know takes out uh uh the the main like i can't remember his guy his name but the guy who was originally in charge of intergating even when he takes them out um 
you know, again, he's taking out other people who are, are criminals. So it's like, you don't really think that much less of him really. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that I wish we caught more of Bruno Mannheim, like at his worst, because I just want to know why Lois felt like this guy was her white whale. Um, when like, you know, someone like, like other villains that she's faced, like Ali Alston was way worse uh, than him, to my opinion. I even think uh, to an extent with what more, I mean, obviously, yeah, with what Morgan Edge was trying to do, he was worse than, uh, you know, Bruno Mannheim. So I'm just, I wonder why this was the one, this was the person that Lois Lane was incredibly obsessed with. Um, that's that's kind of like my only uh, concern about the writing uh, around Bruno Mannheim is that her obsession with trying to track him down you know, after we kind of get everything revealed about him, I just don't think we saw enough of his evil deeds for us to like kind of realize why she's trying to hunt him down. Uh, some of it gets talked about, but not really shown like to a full extent. So I wish we got a little more of that. Uh, but yeah, overall, besides that, uh, I thought he was an awesome villain. I thought the actor did an incredible job. And I love how we have two Walking Dead actors as villains this season. Uh, and then now we get to the uh, Kent family. And, uh, you know, first talk about Jonathan Kent, because not too much to say, uh, you know, I think they gave him enough to do. So I was always invested, uh, but they never gave me gave him anything that really um, tied too much into the overall plot. So it was hard for me to uh, care quite as much as I should, as I should, especially with the way they ended things, the the, the way they ended things in the previous season with implying that Jonathan was going to do a lot more in terms of the Superman aspect of the show. Uh, but we only really see him doing anything like superhero related uh, when he's getting his truck back. Uh, if you want to call that superhero related, I, I, the only reason I do is because like uh, Jordan was involved and it involved, you know, stealing a truck back from a bunch of criminals. So make it that what you will. Um, but regardless, um, you know what they, uh, I, I thought there was going to be more. I'm not disappointed that there wasn't more uh, Superman stuff with uh, Jonathan's character. I'm just surprised there wasn't. Um, and I hope we do get to see like uh, more of the firefighter aspect uh, of this character in the next season. Again, if they move to Metropolis, I'm not sure how that would work. Uh, but if he remains a volunteer somehow in Metropolis, because like maybe Kyle puts in a good word for him. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be interested to uh, see that. Um when it came to uh, Jordan Kent this season, uh, I thought the overall arc they gave him made a lot of sense. Again, teen drama aspect. I complained a lot about it when I talked about Sarah, so I won't talk about it too much with Jordan. I just, again, wish that between him and Sarah, we got more of them as friends and less of them fighting. Uh, when it comes to him and Jonathan, I do think that the the uh, conflict between the two of them that they would have every now and then definitely felt genuine. And I love how they never pondered on it too much. It just, you know, would come for an episode or two and then it'd be gone. Uh, specifically when it came to uh, Jordan being a bit careless about the way he's been rescuing people and Jonathan calling him out on it i do really like how it was handled between the two of them and his arc of like overall especially with him just not being someone who gets noticed a lot in school or who has always been kind of the loser at his previous school uh, it made sense that resisting the you know uh fame or resisting the chance to be appreciated for your actions would be a challenge for him uh that made total sense to me and uh i you know yeah i enjoyed that part of the episode personally um Oh, or episode, sorry, I meant to say season. I enjoyed that part of his character during this season, uh, personally. Uh, 
I do hope we get to see him back as Superboy next season. I hope he learns his lesson. Um, I hope we get consequences for some of his actions. Like I would, what I thought they were going to do with Lex Luthor at the end of the season, I totally thought that Lex Luthor was going to um, uh, find out through Jordan that Clark Kent was Superman. Uh, and hopefully something like that happens next season because it would be great for him to grow as a better superhero by learning from doing something really like making the biggest mistake, which is exposing himself. And through that, he learns how to be a much better superhero later. Um, but yeah, I hope they explore that. Um, Lois and Clark, man. Elizabeth Tulock, I keep saying this season after season. This woman needs an Emmy. Give an Emmy to Elizabeth Tulock because... Oh my gosh, she is amazing this season. Um, I made that nitpick that I'm still sticking with, which is that I think that the makeup for her uh, could have been done a little bit better when it came to her uh, being really sick. I never really bought that she was sick because she always has that TV. I call it the TV makeup, the makeup that everyone has to wear in order to look better on camera. Um, unfortunately, because of that, you know, it wasn't until the very last episode where it even felt like she actually had cancer. You know, I... That, that's my only nitpick, but when it comes to her character as a whole, um, you know, the struggle she went through, it was heartbreaking at times, really hard to see, but that's a good thing because she really sold it uh, as an actress. I think she did an absolute incredible job, um, you know, and it, it, the show, again, with her uh, performance, it made me care about things I never thought I would care about when it came to uh, Superman and Lois. Like I like I kind of mentioned in the beginning of this video when I was talking about the episode, how the scene where it's the two of them being intimate, like normally I don't care that much about sex scenes, but like with this one in particular, with what led up to it, it was so beautiful, it almost gave me a teary eye. And you know, a big part of that is her absolutely amazing performance that she's been giving this season. I think uh, she had a very good arc of, you know, having to learn when to exhaust herself and learning not to, uh, you know, then having to, you know, realize she's going to be going through some of the biggest changes like anyone will ever have to face in their lives. Um, but even while going through that, having to break certain news to Superman, because one thing I loved uh, was that one episode where Clark was kind of in denial about, you know, things not going not working out and Lois having to be the one to really tell him that things may not be okay and having to comfort, you know, Clark, even though she's the one going through cancer, like things like that, that, that this actress is able to pull off and just make me believe that Lois Lane is actually going through this. Uh, absolutely amazing. Again, Tyler Hecklin, uh, plays Clark Kent very well, plays Superman very well. And of course plays Cal L very well he does all three of these this is why uh, if you watched our podcast on sunday you'll know that indy and i went back and forth on our different uh, favorite supermans but i still stand by tyler hecklin being my personal favorite superman and this show uh is definitely why this season had some of his best performances um the way he could go from being clark kent to being kal-el uh to being superman the way he can shift you know all those different like you know aspects of himself uh absolutely brilliant some examples being when he's uh you know interviewing bruno Mannheim and he's putting the pieces together himself you know he walks into that room as clark kent but he leaves that room as kal-el as he pieces together everything in his head and he you know exposes uh you know what bruno's uh, big secret was at that time um him as superman the fact that you know his instinct isn't to punch his way out of everything but to try to like you know talk 
you know, through these things. Uh, the reason I love that episode between him and John Henry Irons butting heads is because, again, I don't think any one of them were wrong in that situation. Both of their, uh, you know, reasons made sense. But I do love that we had that difference between the two of them. Uh, you know, and I think that the way he went in as Superman trying to talk to Bruno Mannheim and tell him... <clears throat> you know, that things can work out if he complies, things like that. Um, loved it. Absolutely thought uh, Tyler did a great job as all of them. And of course, I got to talk about my favorite, uh, you know, Kal-El moment, which is, of course, him uh, entering the diner as, as Kal-El and leaving that diner, or leaving that diner as Clark Kent, which is, of course, when he's um, approaching, um, I totally forgot his name, but basically the, uh, you know, Jonathan's girlfriend's dad, uh, because, you know, he hit Jonathan. So he approaches him as Kal-El to let him know that, you know, we're talking now, this will not happen again. And, you know, basically telling him that if he does anything like this, uh, he'll, you know, Lois will turn him into the sheriff basically. Um, and loved that he was able to show him in that business without like, you know, actually making an ass of himself without breaking anything without like, uh, you know, showing too much aggression, just basically preventing him from, uh, you know, swinging at him. I absolutely, uh, loved that moment, uh, you know, and then my favorite part was when he left the diner. And then this is what I mean when I said he went into that diner as Kal-El and he left that diner as Clark Kent, because as soon as he leaves, turns back into Clark Kent as he just kind of apologizes to everyone, you know, seems like that the way Tyler is able to go from one character to another and then to another amazing absolutely amazing um oh we have someone joining us today uh karan i uh, think that's how it's pronounced hey what is up um but yeah so that overall i do think uh that's that's pretty much most of my thoughts um this season had uh, some great moments, some great performances. Uh, the writing, when it was solid, it was amazing. Some of the best writing in the series. However, I do think that it does also have some of the worst writing in the series. And I think it kind of comes down to the stuff I just really didn't care about with, with the teen drama. And of course, that last bit with uh, Lex Luthor and Doomsday, just the way we got to there, I thought was poorly written, even if it was an amazing uh, you know, way to end the series in terms of a final battle. So um, overall, I would I call this my favorite season? Probably. Because even though I didn't love everything about the season, the fact that they you know tried so many different things, they took chances on different aspects. I mean... When, when you're pitching a Superman and Lois show where, where Lois Lane gets cancer, that takes balls, all right? So that is not an easy thing to, uh, you know, be able to get someone interested in. So the fact that they were able to pull it off and that they took these chances, uh, you know, I got I to gotta give them props for all this. So even when things didn't work, I still can't help but appreciate them for uh, trying it. So, um, oh, 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 yes. Good question. I uh, think that's Adam in the chat asking me what I would grade uh, this season. Um, okay, so in terms of characters, solid B+. The only reason it doesn't get an A is uh, because of kind of the weaker aspects of the teen drama when it comes to uh, story. When it came to the story, and I don't mean the plot specifically, I think this is the best written in terms of story best written superman and lois in terms of plot not the best written overall in terms of plot especially again going back to the lex luther doomsday stuff so writing uh, you know what 
even despite that, uh, I'm still giving it a solid A. Uh, not perfect because of that ending bit. Not perfect, but solid A. Uh, but man, in terms of visual effects, editing, and like you know what they what they've accomplished effects wise this season, I think this is the best Superman and Lois has ever looked. So um, you know, A plus in that in that aspect. So I guess that would average out to an A if I'm not mistaken. You know, two. Uh, yeah, so like one A, a B minus, and an A plus. So yeah, I think that would average out to an A. So I give the season a solid A, which is probably what I would give season one and two. Um, yeah, I'd say it's my favorite season though, of course, because I feel like again to reiterate, this season took chances, and I think it did a really good job of that. So uh, yeah, overall really enjoyed uh this season if you guys haven't checked it out yet uh definitely do so i'm sure it'll be out on hbo max in like the next week or two so you can binge the entire season there uh but thank you guys all for joining me um i'm going to be back in a couple hours to do one more stream this one will be for star trek uh, uh strange new worlds so if you want to join me at six o'clock I will be there and I will be talking about Star Trek. I don't know if we have any Star Trek fans on this channel, but we're about to find out. Uh, but, you know, overall, guys, just solid season. But, of course, at the end of the day, these are just my A-plus opinions. We here at A-plus opinions always want to know what you guys think. So definitely let me know your thoughts on the episode in the comments below. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe to our channel. But, of course, guys, above all, don't forget to keep it A-plus, and I will talk to you all later. Goodbye.